And we're your go- human interaction with others. Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Kelsey at the 20, 15 to the 10, and into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. The ball is out and picked up by the Chiefs! It's a Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Wants to run a boot, being chased by Chris Jones. He is wrapped up and eaten by Chris Jones. Here's Jay Binkley. Oh, man, we're 10 minutes till midnight, and guess what? The Kansas City Chiefs are 2-0 at this point. But not only that, they're 1-0 in the AFC West as the Chiefs get the win tonight on Amazon Prime's first Thursday night game. Don't forget the Chiefs were the first team ever to play on Thanksgiving evening back in the day. You know, they always had Detroit and Dallas during the afternoon. They had the Chiefs on that night against the Broncos. But the Chiefs get the win 27-24 against the Chargers. And, yes, I was sick of them mentioning Herbert 2-0 at Arrowhead. Like, I was as sick of that as anything else because we all know the Chiefs didn't play Mahomes in one of those games. They played the backups, but they don't mention that. Again, you got to mention stuff like that, Al Michaels. Come on, man. You're, you're better than that, but you got to mention it. But the Chiefs get the win uh, tonight. Did everything look perfect in the first half? No, it didn't. Uh, you're not going to have perfect games every single week. You're not going to do that. I think we've been accustomed to perfect football at times in Kansas City. Gotten spoiled, as a matter of fact, uh, with the way this team has played, the way this team is performing. The fact that uh, Andy Reid now moves to 37-6 and six against this division since 2015. Folks, that's utter domination. That's utter and complete domination of this division. Chiefs are now 22-3 and three with Mahomes as their starter in the AFC West. And by the way, he's 13-0 against the division on the road. He's never lost on the road in this division, but he's 22-3. and three. According to Field Yates and ESPN, no quarterback has ever guided his team to more wins in his first 25 divisional games since the NFL merger in 1970. Think about that. That is planting your flag in the AFC West and say, try to dethrone us. Everybody wants to pick the Chargers. I mean, heck, I mean, that right now they're saying on national team, well, you know, the Chargers went arrowhead and played a good game. Yes, I'm tired of hearing that, though. They didn't win the game. It's like I'm tired of hearing about Herbert. I'm tired of hearing about the Chargers because they haven't gone to the playoffs. Matter of fact, Justin Herbert does the same thing I do during the playoffs. He sits on the couch and watches it on TV. He does the same thing as you do. Win in the playoffs, then talk to me. Mahomes owns this division. The Chiefs own this division. Andy Reid owns this division. They didn't play good in the first half, but they did what good football teams do, and that's find a way to win. Jalen Watson. The rookie, the seventh-round pick out of Washington State. Again, Brett Veach has dominated the NFL draft the last couple of years. I mean, absolutely dominated. Jalen Watson gets a 99-yard interception, seventh-round pick out of Washington State. Three years ago, he was working at a Wendy's. Jed Marshall producing this operation. Wendy's leads to great things, I guess. I'm just happy that the under hit tonight. They did? Oh, yeah. But Jalen Watson went to JUCO, then he was going to play at USC, didn't have his grades right, went home, lived with his mom, was working at Wendy's three years ago, 
And tonight, Thursday night football, 99-yard interception that flipped this game around. Matter of fact, no quarterback had thrown an interception uh, within the uh, – it's the only pick this century to occur in the red zone in the fourth quarter of a tie game. So Jalen Watson making a little history tonight as the Kansas City Chiefs uh, continue to dominate. We'll, we'll have this for the next couple of hours. Get your thoughts in, 913-586-7610. Also, the J. Southlands Toad Service text line, 913-586-7610. We'll talk about this bad boy, and, of course, Fesco and Kling will be here at 558 in the morning. Speaking of Josh Klingler, we'll talk to him in just a little bit, the Chief Sideline Reporter. We'll be checking in with him. We'll be checking in with Pete Sweeney at Arrowhead Pride. And we'll be checking in with you. But now it's time to hear from you. Let's go no huddle. Edwards Hilaire gets the handoff. Off the first hit. Off the second hit. Off the third hit. And into the sweet neck of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. That's right. Give us a call. 913-586-7610. Jay Binkley here with you. Jed Marshall. Uh, producing the operation. Let's hear from you. We'll hear all about the Kansas City Chiefs game inside that locker room as well, and we'll hear the great Mitch Holtis on calls. He was on fire tonight. Mitch is always on fire, but he he had some of my favorite calls tonight. We'll get that in the uh, Tullamore Dew touchdown Kansas City segment. But Austin is going to lead things off tonight. I guess I shouldn't say lead things off because the Royals officially eliminated uh, tonight from the postseason, but go ahead, Austin. Oh, damn. Me and my buddies were just talking about that, actually. That's that's ironic. But hey, you know Jay, what, though? Uh, one season ends and another one begins, all right? Yeah, yeah, no. We're good. The future's bright with the Royals, but yeah, we're, absolutely. We're, here to talk, we're, we're here to talk about the Chiefs tonight. It was a great win tonight. Arrowhead was electric. Uh, I was there tonight. Took damn near an hour and a half to get out of the, the parking lot tonight. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. So... Um, but no, I, that that really what I want to know is from since I was at the game tonight, what what was going on with Herbert? There there was a third down, yeah, and it looked like he could have ran for the first down, but he elected to throw it away. He could have. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, even Kirk Herbstreit on the broadcast, you know, was talking about it. The broadcast 106.5, the Wolf, the guys here, and he could have. He could have easily just walked in and slid to get the first down. He elected not to. I don't know what was going on. His, head. his ribs were bothering him. Mike Dana, you know, crushed him. Frank Clark had crushed him. Not sure why yeah. he didn't pick up the first down with his legs. He showed some toughness by staying in and delivering that pass. So I'll give him credit for that. Uh, but Chase Daniel had to eat or uh, get part of his $41 million he's earned in his career with the handoff, right? <laughs> what a gig. Yeah. What a gig. It's the right best there. job ever. Yeah, exactly. No, tonight Arrowhead was electric. I haven't heard it like that since last year, Buffalo. There were there was times against Cincinnati in the playoffs when it was loud, but you know there was there was obvious moments of hesitation and concern as the second half ensued with everything that happened and transpired. Austin, you know half. what, my friend? Thanks for being out there. It was wild and insane at Arrowhead State. What a, what a look, man! That place looks so good. And then of course you had Kirk Herbstreit, Mister College Football, with Al Michaels uh, doing the, the broadcast and showing the visual images. Of Arrowhead Stadium, showing our great city. Just it, it can't say it looked great. It was a college atmosphere, like, like Arrowhead Stadium it is. I mean, it might have reminded people if you're old, Jed. And I don't know how old you are. Well, you're old, but 
The Buffalo Bills Monday night game, you know, back in the 90s with Marty Schottenheimer, where Arrowhead really became alive. Sure. I mean, Arrowhead's always been there. It's 50th anniversary. I mean, the old Arrowhead logo was on the field. But in the 90s, that night, it became alive and became the Arrowhead now. I, I had season tickets in the 80s, Jed. Ugh, that's horrible. I could, before I could drive a car, I used to ride a bus because I couldn't drive. I even sold my dad, like, my radar detectors to get this. It was 75 bucks to sit in the end zone as a student. 75 bucks, right? And then Arrowhead became magical. And we have what we have now, the closest thing to a college atmosphere, closest thing to an SEC atmosphere you're going to see in the National Football League. But it was absolutely alive tonight. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to my man, Reggie, in Anaheim. What's up, Reg? Man, so real quick, bro, I'm leaving. the. I was at the Amazon Prime event. Uh, here in Los Angeles, Kerry Champion. Uh, I actually took a picture of Jerry Rice tonight. Uh, saw Dante Hall at the event. Um, it is the most LA event you would. People were there like eating sushi and talking during the game. And yeah, people were, don't know having, you, Reggie. You're calling from SoCal, man. So you, you're you're living it up. Yeah, it, but but I would have much rather been at a bar, bro. I would have much rather been at a bar at a dive bar in Overland Park watching the game because. These people suck. These Charger fans are the most pretentious, Botox injection, teeth whitening, tight pants, tight shirt, non-football fanatic fans I have ever, ever come across, and that is no BS. Do they wear skinny jeans, Reggie? Man, skinny jeans. They're doing dance, TikTok dance routines at the at, at the upper level of the – I was like, dude, there's a game on. What are y'all doing? I'm going to send you pictures so you don't think I'm lying. Reggie, I believe you, man. Truth. I believe you. L.A. doesn't even know football exists, man. They don't, They like bro. the Rams because they, they just won. They're the flavor of the month. They don't even own their own stadium. You know, the Rams own it. It's like they rent the room above their mom's garage. That's the Chargers. They belong back that in San the Diego. Chargers. They belong back in San Diego. They don't belong in Los Angeles, but everybody loves them. Every, hey, more man. people love that team that never makes the postseason than anybody imaginable. Yes, they played a good game, but they didn't win. And and, and speaking of uh, the game, bro, that that was a gutsy win. Uh, my my two quick points, and I'll get off there. And I thank you for your time. Is uh, the defense really showed up in the second half? Um, I was very very happy with that. The only concern that I have, and I and I and I put this as a with a, with a with a with an asterisk next to it is I didn't see our receivers getting a lot of separation on those routes uh, early on in the game. Yep. I think that uh, I think Andy schemed them open a lot, but that's something to kind of watch for down the road. Now, the reason why I can't put an asterisk next to that is because you're not going to face many defenses as good as the one that you faced tonight, bro. Well, that defense – Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, that defense last year couldn't stop the run. Maybe they were a good all-around defense, but stopping the run, they couldn't. They've done a better job of it this year. The Raiders weren't able to run on them at all last week, but, of course, it was playing catch-up for the Raiders. But, you know, Clyde got them for 52, man. Yeah, but uh, but that but that secondary is really good with it the Chargers. It is. And oh, that, and and a that pass, yeah, and, and, and uh, Sante Samuel's boy is really good, too. So, yeah. you know, I, I got I to cut him a little bit of slack. So that was my only my only minor concern. Mahomes, I wanted him to use his legs a little bit more to kind of to keep that defense a little bit more honest because there were several times, man, we had some running lanes where he could have picked up seven or eight yards and kept the chains moving and not punted the ball back to the Chargers. But other than that, man, great win. That's a great statement win. That's a great narrative win. Now, all week the talking heads are going to talk about 
Herbert. They're going to give Herbert more credit for coming back in the game and keeping it close than they're going to give the Chiefs oh, yeah. for winning it. But, hey, man, as long as we get them dubs, that's all I care about. That's all that matters, Reg. Glad you you chimed in for me. At the Amazon Prime Party in L.A. Reggie's great, man. Big Chiefs. But here's the thing. I I told CDOT. I was on with CDOT uh, for a segment earlier today. And I thought they're going to have to keep it short passes. Quick timing passes with Bosa and Khalil Mack. They're a real problem. Khalil Mack's coming off three sacks last week against the Raiders. That's that's what they did. The Chiefs are just going to out-coach you. And some things just, you know, just didn't work. I mean, they needed yards after catch with a lot of the guys. And you had to get – then they had to get a solid running game. And Clyde – Clyde's playing with the chip on his shoulder this year, man. You know, last week gets those two touchdown receptions. He only had two all of last year. You know, he breaks off that 52-yard run. But the one thing about that run Clyde did that I just appreciate as a football fan, and the coaches are going to love it. Like Andy Reid, bien me, those guys are going to love that run he made. He put two hands around the football – like, he was not going to fumble that football because Andy Reid hates fumbles. He was not going to. Then once he was in the clear, all right, then it was time to start trucking. Then it was time to start trucking. Then he slides. Why? So he doesn't go out. It was perfect textbook run by Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Let's go to the phone lines to Mitchell. What's up, Mitchell? What's going on, Bank? Hey, what's going on with you, Mitchell? Oh, not much. Driving home from watching the game at a buddy's house. There you go. There you go. There you go. Make sure you stop at the get you some breakfast. It's almost time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bink, I want to say I love you. I listen to you all the time. Uh, but Appreciate what about that. that running game tonight? Those those guys. Uh, you know, we ran the ball great tonight. I thought, in my opinion. Well, they ended up with ninety three yards rushing last week. It was one hundred and twenty eight, but it was timely runs effective. You know. I would like to see him get better running the football on third and one situations. Now they do a nice job when yeah. they hand the ball off to Burton, the fullback. Like he's got that knack to pick up that one yard. That's the one thing that's frustrating sometimes when they get that third and one because they're not going to do a quarterback sneak. Ever since Mahomes, you know, dislocated oh. his knee up there in, in Denver, they will not run the quarterback sneak. However, I think they oh. will run it oh. in a title game or a Super Bowl. I think they will do it because no one's expecting it. But that in not having the belldozer. Because the belldozer, they'd slide their quarterback and let him do that. But with Blake Bell hurt, they got to rely. They have to be able to pick up that yard. Oh yeah, I, I would love to see Michael Burton be utilized more in them third and one, fourth and one situations. No, no question that about dude, it. That, that that dude is a beast. No, he's a beast, and when he's gotten that opportunity to do it, he's done a great job. And thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. But yeah, and maybe they were expecting Burton to get it. You know, I'm sure defense is key on it. They go, hey, they're going to go to fullback. Because they have had success with Burton. But they get in those close situations. They, they they know they can rule out Mahomes on a quarterback sneak, especially early in the season. It's probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But could it happen in an AMC title game? Could it happen in a Super Bowl? Yeah, I think it could because no one's expecting it. Again, it's when chance meets opportunity. That's what luck is. Chance meeting opportunity. I'm sure that opportunity will arise at some point. But I did like that fact that, you know, Clyde broke out on a 52-yard run. You know, without that run, you know, they, they had 93 yards as a team rushing. Jerry McKinnon, four carries, 12 yards. But it was going to be that way. This this Chargers team's a good team. This, this team they beat tonight is a good football team. It's not as good as a lot of the credit and run they get nationally because they got to start winning when it counts. But that's a good team. Are they going to be there at the end? I think they are. Then we're deciding, all right, who's the second-best team in the AFC West? Is it Denver? Denver laid a turd the other night on national TV. That was embarrassing. 
The Raiders already have a loss. Derek Carr was bad, three interceptions in that first game. I'm not ruling out the Raiders. You can't really rule them out. They were the other team in this division to make the postseason last year. But this Chargers team, if healthy, if they stay healthy, that defense, I think, can be nasty. And Justin Herbert is a good quarterback, so we'll see what happens. But they need to start making the postseason. Let's go to Josh. What's up, Josh? Hey, what's up, Bink? How's it going, man? Hey, good. How are you? Hey, I can't complain. We're just coming back from the game. I think that's what the most ultimate Bink thing we can do is go to Whataburger. Whataburger? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go one of the Mahomes ones, though, man. Then, I mean, he owns yeah, a I handful do. of them. I'm yeah. at 133. I got my brother-in-law from San Diego. He's a Chiefs fan, lifelong Chiefs fan. First time seeing the Chiefs at Arrowhead was amazing. But I want to touch on this. Willie Gay was all over the field. My man is blowing up plays. George Karloftis, how, how much energy does he play with? We talked about this at draft night. He's going to come to the team, and he's got a motor that doesn't quit. And he's going to get his sacks. He's going to get his eventually. All we got to do is just sit and wait. Ain't that right, Bing? Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, George Karloftis, he's got a motor. This, this is the way he was. You know, I remember his pro day this year when he's at Purdue. It's like freezing cold. Freezing cold. George is out there without a shirt on, right? In running. He's a tough guy. And we had his coach on. We are doing a draft show. We had his coach on. Because I said, can this guy be Max Crosby? Because that's who he reminds me of with that just motor that he has. That unbelievable motor that he plays with. And I think you're only going to see good things. And it was a great play by Carl Loftus today when George, Justin Herbert was in the end zone. Because he stayed home on the play. He wasn't going to get fooled. Justin Herbert wanted to try to deke him on the inside and run out to the outside, but wasn't able to do it because George stayed right with him. And then George ended up putting uh, Justin Herbert uh, on the ground. I think the Chiefs applied pressure at the right times. That was the other key to this game. You know, not only was it the short, quick passes to eliminate kind of that pass rush of the Chargers, who ended up with one total sack tonight, one, because you got to get rid of the football quickly, which they did. But yeah, Mahomes is under pressure, but one sack. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones ended up with two sacks on the night. And they were putting pressure on. They were making him feel uncomfortable. And you notice Justin Herbert, things started to change for him. Like they will any quarterback that gets pressure. And the Chiefs were in his face. They were, throw, they were forcing Aaron throws. And they got back to him, and things were much different. Again, it's manufacturing him. You know, a week ago, it was Legereus Sneed, you know, on a blitz. Whether it's Leo Chenal, you know, from that linebacker position. Maybe he played inside linebacker at Wisconsin. He had, he had he led the Wisconsin Badgers in sacks the last two years at an inside linebacker position. Pro football focus does college football rankings. He had a better score at Wisconsin than even T.J. Watt did when he was at Wisconsin. But just find a way, manufacture a pass rush, and find a way to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable and I really think they did that with Justin Herbert in the second half. Listen, he put up some good yards, but it wasn't timely yards in situations. The points weren't going up on the board, but they were bending, but not breaking. Let's go to Green Valley and talk to Al. What's up, Al? Hey, Bank. How we doing? Hey, we're doing great, man. I love oh, I love talking about it. What to win? I like talking to the football fans, man. What's up, Al? Yes, yeah, sir. I just want to say, like, it felt to me tonight, this is a game in prior years. We lose this game. But it felt like, to me, the defense looks so much faster. And just that speed on the defense, I felt like it kind of changed the game. No, it did. The defense, I mean, listen, they, they're going to play high energy. They're going to play high energy. And Jalen Watson, again, you know, that 99-yard interception, I mean, that, that flipped the game. That was the game. 
That that was this game. But that's why football comes down to. Dick Vermeule used to say it all the time. Football comes down to one or two plays. Exactly right. And the one thing, too, is keep this in mind. Like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't lose big games, you know, like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have done the last two years on opening weekend. He doesn't lose those games. There's two games last year that got out of control where he lost by more than a touchdown, more than a score. But other than that in his career, he doesn't lose those games. Like, he doesn't lose them. And not only that, you have to be good in the month of September. You have to get off on the right foot. Andy Reid, 18-3 and now with the Chiefs in September. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. 18-3. and Mahomes down 22-3 and against this division. It is domination in the AFC West. People will continue to pick against the Chiefs in the division, which is hilarious. They've won this division six straight times. You know, if you're going to knock the king, what'd they say on the wire, Jed? What was it on the wire? If you're going to swing at the king, you best not miss. If you come at the king, you if best you come not at miss. The ki- if you come at the king, you best not miss. That's what the Chiefs. The Chargers had a chance to hit the king. They had a chance to punch the king. But you know what they did? They whiffed. They whiffed. They had a chance to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium from all those people. Chance to punch them, but they missed. You can't miss if you want to beat them. Not going to happen. Let's go to Travis. What's up, Travis? Hey, man. I just want to give a shout-out to Chiefs fans out there. I was uh, in Oakland earlier today flying back to Kansas City. I lay over in Phoenix, show up to my gates, and it's all Chiefs jerseys. <laughs> and Chiefs, Chiefs uh, Kingdoms everywhere, man. It was awesome. People are hanging out. And of course, I was worried I wasn't going to watch the game because it was on Prime. I'm like, I don't know if these uh, airport restaurants are going to have Prime. Sure enough, all these fans got to pull up on their phones and their computers. Everyone's just like hanging out. We get on the plane, and the internet's going in and out. We're able to keep up with it through uh, the first half, but most of the second half. It was down. We were getting text messages oh, man. from family members. It was, I mean, it was sucked. We couldn't watch it. But every time there was a big play, you know, the interception. They had to give you a refund on your ticket if their Wi-Fi goes down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that's what man. the airline should do. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. They're not going to do it. But you know what? Though? Hey, why not? <laughs> yeah, but but no. But seriously, though, Chiefs Kingdom is awesome. Oh, they everywhere. You know, and it was really cool. Yeah, it's cool to see Travis. They're everywhere. No matter where you're at traveling or whatever, and you got Chiefs gear on or something, people say hi to you. You know, the Chiefs Kingdom, they're everywhere. I mean, what would just what the Watsons, man? The Watsons. Justin Watson, the touchdown he got, the 41 yarder. JC Jackson was on him. High price corner the Chargers bring in. Well, Justin Watson made JC Jackson look pretty damn bad. We'll take a time out. We come back, the sideline reporter of the Kansas City, Josh Klingler joins us here live early in the morning next you're listening to the arrowhead pride post game show presented by andy's frozen custard tune in mondays at 7 30 for our weekly conversation with Derek johnson on your official broadcast partner of the kansas city chiefs 610 sports radio Chiefs win tonight 27 to 24 over the chargers Mahomes now 22 and 3 against this division andy reed 18 and 3 in the month of september with the Kansas City Chiefs. Doesn't get much better than that, but it will because we'll talk to Josh Klingler, the sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs and host the Fesco in the morning at 5.58 in the morning. Kling, I would say that uh, I feel bad for you, but Jed here that's producing this operation, producing your show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, pulling, <laughs> pulling double duty. I, uh, I stay think here. I shoot everybody out of the, I think I shoot everybody out of the parking lot as well. So I'm, I'm – uh, 
the one of the last ones out got everybody out of the uh, out of the Arrowhead parking lot. I really wanted to stay for a while today. I wonder why. You know what, Kling? You usually are home way or, you know earlier than this. You do your post game stuff and all that. And I know Arrowhead holds what it holds, but it was insane there tonight, wasn't it? You know firsthand. You're on the sidelines. You're walking around. You get to know how every crowd is, minus the pandemic year where there was no fans. How did tonight rate with other games you've been to? Oh, no, it was it was terrific. I don't know. They should have probably had the sound meter out tonight to start the game. I thought it was as loud as I have encountered there. I literally couldn't hear Mitch and Danon in my headset on the sideline. Wow. Um, it was it was so loud um, when the Chargers had the football and people were roaring for the uh, for the defense. Um, it was the building was rumbling to start. It was it was great. Now it couldn't sustain it, uh, you know, because you know they didn't get off to the fastest of starts. But but certainly after that uh, Watson uh, pick six, it, it picked right back up and then the party was back on again. So yeah, it was a wild night. I think the anticipation was there as well. This felt like a felt like a really really big game for early in the season i think um i think amazon being there kind of upped it it felt it felt like a big prime time affair and uh and i guess lived up to the billing i mean it wasn't a perfect game certainly by the by the chiefs but but i thought just a gutsy win and then you kind of put the pressure on the rest of the division again they're already staring up at you in the standings through two games i mean uh, it, it, the rest of the division just must shrug their shoulders and go, what are we going to do here? And as you mentioned in the last segment, I heard you talking about that. Like, you take your shot, you better get it. They don't come very often against the Chiefs. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm in the camp of Chiefs stole one, but certainly they pulled one out of the fire tonight. So, so many opportunities for teams to beat them, and they just don't, whether it comes down to a dumb play. I know Fesco always talks about, you know, Vermeil saying football comes down to one or two plays. It really, really does, to be honest with you. But, you know, we've heard of great stories, the NFL, what Kurt Warner bagging groceries uh, to the Hall of Fame. We got a guy here in Jalen Watson that three years ago was at Wendy's working, Kling, making an 99-yard pick tonight. That's an unreal story. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'd have to go and look like this year, like she said, you know, seventh rounders making the team. I don't know how many other seventh rounders, if we just looked at an entire round, are – you know, on, on a roster or maybe they're on a practice squad or whatever. It's just, an, it's just an unlikely spot to even make a roster, let alone essentially being in the starting lineup and then coming in, in with the biggest play of the game in a, in a game of this magnitude. So I got a chance to talk to Willie Gay after the, after the game, and he said for Jalen Watson, he hopes that this is like a, a jumping-off point for him where he comes to practice um, next week and thinks he's the best uh, – He's the best corner in the NFL. He's like, I want him to have that kind of mentality. That's just a huge boost for a young player to step into a, a, a game like that and come up with the most pivotal play. And that absolutely turned the game. I mean, that's that's a, that's your game winner right there. The Chiefs were, um, you know, kind of picking at it. Certainly the uh, Chargers were moving the football uh, pretty successfully for a good amount of time in this game. And then to come with a uh, such a heart-ripping play – uh, you, you need those. You need those to happen. And Chiefs, good to see them at least early being so timely. You know, it was a game that uh, was called pretty conservatively by both coaches. And I don't have a problem with that because this was a tough game for both sides. I mean, the Chargers knew what was at stake playing at Arrowhead Stadium. And the Chiefs knew, just, hey, just give us a chance. We're going to stay in games because this is what they do. They stay in games and wait for you to make a mistake. 
And you might get frustrated at times that they're settling for a field goal or this or that. They're waiting for you to make a mistake because that's what teams do when they play the Chiefs. But I thought the Chiefs, that this game is going to be different than other games. I mean, it's clearly different in Arizona. It's going to be different than the Indy game uh, we see here on the 25th. Because clinging this pass rush, they had to find a way to neutralize that. But on the flip side, they had to put pressure on Herbert. It's not about the sacks. It's about making him feel uncomfortable. And I thought both those things the Chiefs did well. Yeah, the Chiefs were kind of spurty along the defensive line. They didn't start out great up front. And then, obviously, when uh, they were being very, very disruptive, they were having the most success against this, this Chargers offense. And so, hey, if the Chargers are in the realm of a team that is expected to contend with you for the AFC West, expected to contend in the AFC, you're going to have close, hard-fought games, right? Um, they're not going to, to, to blow out everybody. And so we should expect closer, tighter games. If this division is believed to be as good as everybody thinks it is, you're going to have games that are very, very close and are going to come down to one play. Uh, I just like the fact that they can kind of lean on experience as well, down 10 nothing, down 17-7. Uh, those guys that have been here, the core group of guys that have been here know that that's not – panic time for the uh, for the Chiefs by any stretch of the imagination it's uh, it, it's the time where they kind of show showcase who they are I thought that part of it was cool too that you got to show those younger players who hadn't experienced it or the uh, the guys that hadn't been on this team that that that's kind of been the Chiefs uh, DNA right a team that, yep. that that doesn't sweat deficits and finds a way to claw their way back into games and so it was good to show that off to some of the some of the newbies that hadn't experienced it just yet you know, as the, as the great Marty Schottenheimer once said, he used to say it all the time, don't flinch, gentlemen, don't flinch. It's like the Chiefs don't flinch. And, and Kling, we've seen this roster flipped. I mean, there's only four guys on this roster that have been here longer than Mahomes, and two of them are specialists in Winchester and Butker. I mean, it is yeah. unbelievable. But you're right, though. It, it's kind of like it's, it's, a, it's a culture move now, what the Patriots have, uh, what the Steelers have had. It, it's a culture of expectations, and it seems like the rookies are, like you said, really adapting to the culture when they get drafted here. This is not being drafted by the Jets. Or this is not being drafted by the Lions. This is being drafted by a team with expectations. Yeah, and I think that gets passed down. I compare it a little bit because I obviously used to cover uh, KU and, and cover the, the Kansas basketball team for a number of years, and there may be different faces and there may be different players, but – they just continued to pass down the expectation and the bar that was set by teams in front of them. And I, I feel like that, that becomes kind of contagious, that even if you don't experience it, you know the tradition and you know what is expected of you. And I feel like the Chiefs have certainly kind of built that as well. As you mentioned, a lot of the guys have turned over, but the expectation remains the same. They're never out of games. They think they can win every game. Uh, they just have to stick to the uh, stick to the plan, stick to their coach, coaches, stick with each other, and you'll more often than not pull through. And um, this is—I I just feel like this is a victory that they'll be able to 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 put in their back pocket and go uh, when the chips are down. Some other game and say, "Hey, look, we did this against one of the best teams in the AFC, and we didn't flinch at all." They came out at halftime too, Jay, and yeah. uh, just watching them come out of the halftime locker room. I mean, it wasn't, it was kind of no sweat. I mean, there wasn't any, there definitely wasn't any panic. I think there was a little bit of, uh, you know, almost they had to refire up. Carlos Dunlap ran down the sideline and was high-fiving everybody, trying to get everybody kind of fired up. I just think that they were kind of cool, uh, calm, and collected coming out of halftime, just saying, all right, stay in this game. There's a whole nother half. We didn't play great, but let's do something about it. And uh, I, I kind of like that demeanor uh, out, of the, out of the halftime. 
Well, the thing about it is, Kling, we've seen this team do it. Now, a lot of these guys weren't on that team, that 2019 playoff run, where they found themselves down by double digits every game. Right. You know, even the Super Bowl well, with the I mean, coming back, it, it, this is why you don't doubt this team. Like, you, you may want to at times be frustrated, but they don't panic, and they come back and win these games. Yeah, and that's that's just one. I mean, that 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 Watson play, man, you're, you're going to be shaking your head going, whoo. I mean, that's that's an absolute game flipper from them going in to you going the other way and and and, and putting up six. I mean, that's uh, no. you need to find those clutch guys. Um, I know that uh, Dan Sorensen was kind of the uh, the bad name here, <laughs> you know, as of late. But that was like Sorensen esque. Remember when he was yeah. in his, I guess, Chiefs. He always found himself kind of in the middle of those kind of game-changing plays. And so it's good to see that, you know, someone else has kind of picked up that mantle. I don't know that it's always going to be uh, Jalen Watson, but it was certainly tonight that you just need just make a play. Just just find a way to make a play, and it can turn a game on its head like it did tonight. You know, no question about it. It was a story about the Watsons tonight, Kling. And you mentioned stepping into somebody's role. Uh, Pete Sweeney, our friend over at Arrowhead Pride, had an article this morning that uh, Jalen Watson wanted to put on a show because he was stepping in for Trent McDuffie. And, well, he put on a show, and we'll never forget the show he put on. But how about Justin Watson? Nicole Hardman gets banged up a little bit. He steps in, plays, gets a 41-yard touchdown. Again, guys stepping up at the right time. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say for sure that he would have been in if Nicole Hardman had not gotten hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, there, are four, there are formations in which Justin Watson plays in, but – um, it looked like to me that was a, a substitute because the guy went down and he yep. comes in and runs a great route and gets a gets a big huge uh, offensive touchdown. So yeah, it's it's stepping up when when others aren't there. We saw it last week in the in the kicking game, right? So uh, you know, picking one another up. And I said it uh, early on during the preseason. I really felt like this team genuinely liked each other. And that doesn't always happen, but it feels like this team really has one another's backs, offense, defense. It's, it's not separate sides of a locker room. Um, it's, a, it's a very cohesive unit that, that seems to get along great and have uh, you know each other's backs, and I think that's been showcased already in a couple of games. It all started at Camp Pat, Kling. It all started at Camp Pat in Texas. It's amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pat, such a, yeah. that'll be that'll be part of that'll be part of whatever book is written, right? Yeah, thirty be, thirty on Camp chapter, Pat, a, a chapter on Camp Pat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a great camp. Clean, you got to work here in just a few hours. Can't wait to hear uh, your thoughts on the game and, and what you saw out there uh, tonight, and just a great atmosphere with uh, with Bob. You know, by the way, you guys made Amazon Prime pregame too. By the way, your show did. I heard, I yeah. heard that. I get, uh, didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, yeah, you guys went it was cool. NFL films, NFL yeah. films was in shooting early this week in, in, yeah. in the show, so that was yeah. pretty cool. Mitch Holtis will join us tomorrow at oh, the seven thirty, the voice of the Chiefs, and uh, you'll hear my locker room conversations with uh, George Karloftis and Willie Gay tomorrow morning. Awesome stuff! Awesome stuff! Talk, talk to you later. Be listening in the morning, Kling. Thanks, Bank. There you go, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, uh, Coast Festival in the morning, every morning at 5.58 in the morning. And Jed Marshall, the producer of this operation, stepping in for B-Dub in the morning. Not only is he producing this show till God knows when we're off the air, he'll be here till 5 a.m. Not only that, he's not going to leave. No, I'm not. <laughs> Actually, like, literally not going to leave. Not leaving. <laughs> when I got Kling on the phone, he asked, are, are you really staying there? And I was like, yeah, what's the point of leaving here at, let's say, 
130, 140, 150. I've two. done it. I've stayed here before. No, exactly. But then driving the 15 minutes to, yeah. to my house, sleeping for, what, 45 minutes, getting up, showering, yeah. driving the 15 yeah. minutes back. You yeah. can do everything here but shower, you know? And who needs to shower? I work in radio. You don't. That's the thing about radio. Like, you don't need a shower. Well, I think I think you do actually. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe, but the you know talking to Kling there, it, I brought up Camp Pat, and they brought it up tonight. Kirk Herbstreit brought it. How they were down in Texas, and the bonding that you get for a couple of weeks. But not only that, just the chemistry. Like this is a new receiver group, and Patrick said to get used to him. You know they think he used to Patrick. Like Juju comes over from playing with Big Ben, he was a statue in the pocket. He was going to get hit. Mahomes doesn't. He breaks down, and the play changes. It's like Wink Martindale, the old defensive coordinator of the Ravens, when they played the Chiefs a couple of years ago, said it's a play they call and the play they run. Because a lot of it's improvisation of what to do. Just like Kelsey, you see it all the time. Just He just knows Mahomes so well he knows how to get open. Well, guys like Marquez Valdez-Scanlon is a little bit different because he played with Aaron Rodgers, gets out of the pocket and scrambles around a little bit. Just getting to know the guys is huge. And I know I made a Top Gun reference last week on the show, Jen. When Tom Cruise is their instructor, right? And he was supposed to be teaching them, you know, they were supposed to be flying and practicing for this uh, this mission they were going on, right? You know what he does? He takes them to the beach to play football. And the admiral came to him and said, what are you doing, man? I thought you were flying. He goes, I'm teaching them to be a team. And they were sitting there cheering and holding each other. They were learning about each other. They were building team chemistry. That's what the Chiefs do. I'd like you to see more than one movie. you got to be like Maverick, man. Patrick Mahomes is Maverick. He is. Mahomes is Maverick. He doesn't lose. And he's going to beat you. Mahomes is Maverick. He's Maverick. And Clyde Edwards Alaire is Louisiana Hot Sauce. Nobody brings up that nickname. I'm going to nickname him. I've, I've called him in the last couple of years. He's Louisiana hot sauce. He's from Louisiana, played at LSU. He's Louisiana damn hot sauce. That should be his name. Do you think that if you're trying to push a narrative of a nickname uphill and it's not gotten any traction, that it's a good nickname then? It's not getting any traction whatsoever. So probably Except not. On this the, show, it gets traction. Well, from We call him one Louisiana the, hot sauce on this show. I, one of the two of us does. I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Louisiana Hot Sauce, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We'll take a timeout. Don't forget Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Talk some Chiefs with us coming up here in a minute. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. The Kansas City Chiefs a three-point win over the Chargers tonight. And as we've talked about, kind of as a theme, Omar Little from the wire. You come at the king, you best not miss. The Chargers missed. 100% did. They had their opportunity, and you got to take care of opportunities. It's the way with the Kansas City Chiefs. You get that opportunity, you got to take care of it. But right now, we go to Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief, Arrowhead Pride. Pete's uh, appearance is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, and the official sportsbook of, of 610 Sports Radio. We go out to Pete Sweeney right now. Good morning, Pete. Pete? P- 
Pete. I think we lost Pete, Jed. I think we lost him. It's hard to lose Pete, but uh, we found a way to lose Pete. But we'll get we'll get Pete on in just a second. But the Kansas City Chiefs get the victory tonight over the Chargers, and what a win! I mean, you're sitting here in the second week of the season, and you already have the uh, you've already got a divisional win. Does it get any better than that? Pete, are you there? Yeah, no Pete Sweeney. So we'll uh, keep trying, I guess, to get Pete Sweeney on the line. But they had their opportunity. They didn't take it. I mean, both teams had opportunities, you know, near the hey, goal line. And they, and they, okay. s- Pete, are you there? Hey. Hey, Pete, how are you? Start. It's good talking Don't to you, Pete. There. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Was, you know, it was, you know, it was a fumble. But uh, sorry about that. <laughs> No, it's okay. What's going on? It was a, it was a fumble. Are the Chargers swinging and missing tonight an opportunity? I know they're going to be frustrated with this game. I know there'll be a lot of people say, well, they played the Chiefs close at Arrowhead. They were uh, Herbert was 2-0 and against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, even though the backups played one game, including you, Pete. I think you got 15 minutes in that game. Uh, um, but they had the opportunity. They didn't get the job done. The Chiefs, once again, you don't give up on this team because they're going to find a way to win. No, it, it's it's another in in really a team that will not ever give up, and there's no excuses. It's it can look dire. I mean, we've seen it now so many times with Kansas City under Patrick Mahomes, where man, it it just feels like the game is over when it was that near interception. And I think what stood out about that is that game. It really felt like. At that point in particular, it was about to be 24-7, and it looked like the Chargers were similar to what they did last year at Arrowhead, just going to come in and, and win the game and take control of the division, and the Chiefs are going to have to fight their way back. But, man, the, the Chiefs stayed with it. The offense was a little bit sluggish tonight, and I thought what really stood out, and, and this isn't something that you've seen a lot from Kansas City, is Pete was going to say something. Offense wasn't spectacular, but – but to me, they didn't enough. And and so that's what is what stood out to me. And I, I thought the defense uh, did enough. And I, I think this, so just a complete three-phase win. And, and I think that's impressive. And I think that's a sign of a great team. No, it really was, Pete. And you guys had a story this morning. And uh, you had wrote the story this morning about how Jalen Watson wanted to put on a show. He's stepping in for Trent McDuffie. Well, he put on that show, Pete. This is a guy working at Wendy's three years ago, getting a 99-yard touchdown for the Chiefs. Yeah, what an attitude that is to have. And, and I, I just think it's impressive in, in the sense that uh, you know, he, he, he came into this camp, and, and if, you, if, you know, if you think about it, another seventh-rounder, Anazi Johnson, didn't even make the team. So you're coming yeah. into camp, and when you're, when you're drafting a player on day three, and Jay, you know this, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, really, you're really firing at traits. And you really got to earn your way. So not only was he able to earn his way on the team, being one of these Fab Five members that Dave Merritt, the defensive backs coach, calls this defensive back group that they drafted, but he emerged to a point in the preseason and training camp to surpass someone in fourth-rounder Joshua Williams, who was turning heads at training camp. It wasn't Joshua Williams who got the call when Trent McDuffie had to go on IR. It was Watson. And you can see why, and you can see what the Chiefs saw in what he was able to do tonight. And it was interesting. He got thrown into the fire last week, and, and he said right after the pass breakup, he was so into the 
the game that he forgot to do what he called his celebration, which <laughs> I guess what he usually likes to do is bow. I don't even know if we saw it tonight, but he, he likes to bow. And I, I, you know, at first you're like, oh, is this like a religious thing or something like that? And he goes, no, I, you know, I want to give the fans a show. And he wants to bow after. And my goodness, uh, he gave the fans a show tonight. After the touchdown, the Chiefs never relinquished that lead. Uh, and I think a big part of that was Watson's play in completely turning the game around. And then the defense really closing the door and beating up Herbert all night long to a point where he had to end up leaving the game. And we'll see about his ribs. And you never want to see uh, an injury, but it was all clean. It was just they were hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. And eventually he had to depart from the game and he was pretty banged up. And so, uh, wow, what, what a what a team defense this is now. And I, and I think that's kind of a theme for this Chiefs team. It's, it's a, it's a, it is Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game, but you're getting help from every player of this 53-man roster and even extending past that in this kicker off the street who was perfect tonight. And I know it was only a 30-yard field goal, 19-yard field goal, but even even his play just being perfect, you, you can't necessarily assume that that's going to happen with a, a kicker off the street. So just a complete effort tonight, and that's why they were able to get the win. They just had guys step up. It's been the story of the season. Like Amendola tonight, Justin Reed stepping in as a kicker last week. It was Trent McDuffie hurt. It was Jalen Watson getting that touchdown, like we mentioned. And it was also Justin Watson on offense that stepped in when McCall Hardman got banged up and got his chance to shine, and he did. It's depth players, uh, and and now you know you've given Harrison Butker, who you know to me, and I asked Dave Tope to this this week is the top two kicker in the game. Like Dave Tope considers him right behind Justin Tucker, uh, who really is the class of the league. And you give him now 14 days out of play to to just get his ankle right, and that's such a blessing I think for the Chiefs to have this guy. And Amendola gets a chance now to restart his career maybe somewhere else. We see kickers get released all the time just in Indianapolis the other day. Blankenship got it released. So who knows if Amendola ends up on another team once Butker is good to go. And you're right with, with Justin Watson. And, and you, you talk about the fifth receiver on a team. A fifth receiver is not supposed to necessarily have this much trust, trust from the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes does, and he, and he said that. And it stems from working down in Texas. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah, working down in Texas before OTAs even began, uh, and, and it led to moments like this where you can hit him on a 41-yard touchdown. You know what, Pete, it, it was fun to watch, but the way this defense, Chris Jones moves fifth all-time on the Chiefs list in sacks, but just the comfortability of Herbert, he was looking real comfortable in the beginning. He can sit in that pocket and make throws, but we've seen you know great quarterbacks, when they do lose, it's getting pressure on them, it's getting them frustrated, and they, the Chiefs were able to do that tonight. He felt a little comfortable early on, but then the Chiefs and the pressure they were putting on, again, it's not the sack numbers you're getting, but are you making them feel uncomfortable? Like like Karloftis, you know, staying at home, not being fooled by Herbert, putting him on the ground. It was Mike Dana getting to him and crunching him. Frank Clark getting to him, clean hits um, when, when he got hurt, when Herbert got, got banged up in the ribs. But he looked like a different quarterback. He looked like he was extremely uncomfortable in that second half. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that this is anything that is negative about Herbert. And to me, that's more impressive. I mean, I, I really think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's a top five quarterback. I said that this week when Carrington was asking everybody. This was just a Chiefs defense and the pressure being relentless. And what a great sign that is. I mean, I, you know, I can't really remember, Jay, and, and you, know, you, you follow the Chiefs constantly, too, I can't really remember the Chiefs defensive line and the front seven just being this consistently 
relentless and making the comfort the quarterback this uncomfortable this often. Can't think especially of it. Early in the se- early in the season, it, you know, early in the season, and to me, um, that's what was impressive, and and it and it seems repeatable because uh, now they've done it two weeks in a row. They're going to get a mini. Expect that to continue, and regardless of how good the quarterback is, if they're uncomfortable, they're not going to be the same guy. I mean, we've even seen that with Tom Brady at times in, in big games. And so, uh, again, I, I think Herbert is among the elite, but the Chiefs were just getting to him tonight. Yeah, I thought there was a, the game plan in this one. I think it's going to be different like for both teams. I think when you look at this game, it's an isolated game. It's an asterisk because you're going to play things differently. Like the Chargers had to do everything they could to try to beat the Chiefs. Almost had a chance to do it. In the Chiefs, it was about short passes, getting rid of the football quick so that sacks aren't an issue. They only had a one combined sack Tonight did the Chargers. That's what they do is get to the quarterback. That's what they did all last week when Khalil Mack had his three and then put pressure on the quarterback from different places like dialing up Chanel, bringing some pressure, or Karloftis, or, you know, bringing a nickel blitz and finding a way to make you feel uncomfortable. But it seems like to me, this is not the same team we saw in Arizona, and it's not going to be the same team we see playing the Colts. This was an isolated deal where the Chiefs, even though people are going to be mad about conservative play calls, on both sides, this is what they had to do in this game. And Andy Reid waits for the other team to make a mistake like they did tonight. Yeah, without a doubt. And and I, I just think the Chiefs defense has gotten off to such slow starts over the years. And even the, this run that they've gone on by going to four AFC title games at home in a row, and for them to get off to the start they are, we have seen in Kansas City, Steve Spagnuolo's units only stand to improve. So the fact that they're off to – such a good start where like you said you're seeing natural pressure even when they're not blitzing from that front four front seven uh, but then they mix in blitzes and you never know when it's coming it could be legerius Sneed, it could be really gay and it, it, it impacts quarterbacks. You, you know you don't always get a sack but to make justin herbert uh uncomfortable I, I think is is such a key and they were able to do that throughout the game and then eventually as the second half came around you could see it started to get to him and I, it really impacted the game and turned it around for the chiefs how did you uh, rate the atmosphere out there tonight, Pete? Kling was talking about the atmosphere being really something, you know, that he doesn't really – just the electricity of it. I remember that Buffalo Bills game in the 90s with Marty Schottenheimer where Arrowhead, Arrowhead really became what it is today. Where would you put that juice level? I mean, it was a madhouse tonight. It really felt like a playoff game, and I, I think part of it had to do with it. You know, it's a primetime game. I, I think part of it had to do with some of the, the disrespect. I think part of it had to do with – the fact that everyone knew that this was Amazon Prime and they brought in all the stars. There were celebrities on hand, and, and it really felt like the it place to be. And I, I think Kansas City felt, you know, we're on the map tonight, but it's also a huge game. Uh, the Chiefs fans are, are smart fans. They realize that if you win this game 2-0 and and you already have control of the, what is clearly the best division in football right now, could be the best division in NFL history, uh, you know, it, it's gotten talk of that. And so just to be in the driver's seat and then to also have three days of bonus rest, I think everyone realized how important this game was uh, and for a lot of reasons. And Electric Night, uh, I, I think the beers, <laughs> it seems, were flowing. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure in the parking lot, even after a little bit, there were some oh, celebratory sure. uh, beverages as well. So, uh, yeah, a great night uh, at Arrowhead, a great night to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, here in Kansas City for sure. Well, we didn't see it tonight, Pete. We're probably not going to see it because Mahomes hurt his knee on the quarterback sneak in Denver. I deal, I, I still contend you will see it. It might happen in the AFC title game. might happen in the Super Bowl because no one's expecting it. But not having the Beldozer, Mr. Steal, your girlfriend, get that yard. Like, 
Sometimes, like, the Chiefs, they give it to Burton all the time, but I think everybody was expecting Burton to get the balls. They tried to be a little bit different. But, man, I would like to see the Chiefs be able to pick up those, you know, quick third and ones. Yeah, you know what? And and I was saying that, that Travis Kelsey needs to get Noah Gray in the film room and get him to do that dream shake. I think he could have could have benefited from that that Travis Kelsey move we all we all know and love where catches the the pass back to the defense and just switches the other way. And I, I think teaching Noah Gray that move might help. And you know why the while the belldozer is out and, and on crutches or whatever he's doing, it could teach him how to do this this tight end sneak that he made famous. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe. I, I think I know it seems like a, a silly play, but I do feel like you're right. I think to an extent the chiefs are, are missing that. And, you know, I, I agree with the notion of not putting Patrick Mahomes out there. Let's keep his knee intact. But at the same time, you, you, you do miss that. And, and I think the chiefs need to find some kind of replacement in that sense. Yes. Two things I think we'll see Pete in a, in a crucial game, the right time, the right place, you'll see that sneak. And you'll also at some point see the behind-the-back pass. Those are two things you're going to see this year. I agree. Uh, the behind-the-back pass is, is something that I think a lot of us have been waiting for. We've seen it at practice. We've mm-hmm. seen it at training camp. At some point, I, I think he'll use it in the game. And I, I think a big part of this game, too, that we didn't talk about, Jay, for me, is just the reemergence of Clyde edwards Lair. I, I know that, yeah. uh, and this is something that CDOT will, will say, he's the most unpopular chief coming into the season. I'm starting to think he's going to be winning some fans back because that 52-yard run was was so important in this game and breaking that tackle in the middle of the game for the 21 yards through the air on the short pass. I just I think we're starting to see finally some of those things that were were promised on on draft night. And if you can make Clyde Edwards-Alaire a threat to run the football down your throat, then that just will open things up for a, a very uh, varying offense that has a lot of different types of weapons, and and Clyde can just be another one of those and. It's just it's 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 wild to see. I mean, I, I think you you you've seen the um, you've seen how the the Chiefs as a whole have evolved over the years. Where uh, you know you've had stars, and it was at the Tyreek and Travis show, and maybe the Tyron show, and Chris Jones for a year was was the guy. And now it's just like this is a really 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 good team from one to fifty three, and then you also you're you're being led by the best quarterback in football. So. Tough team to beat. It's going to be a tough schedule. You know, it's going to be tough to win week in and week out. But at this stage, very early on, it'd be hard to see uh, the Chiefs not buying for that AFC bye week. You know, speaking of Clyde, you got to. I've called him this for years, Pete. And you're the man. You know, I like nicknames. I've always called him Louisiana Hot Sauce. He's from the state mm-hmm. of Louisiana. Played a, it's Louisiana Hot Sauce to me, but it's not taking off. It's not. You, you can do this. You have the power of the medium of the written word, Pete. Don't give in, Pete. The, the, Louisiana hot sauce. It's a one-man narrative, Pete. What you, and so that makes you North Kansas City hot sauce, right? <laughs> yeah, you can call me hot sauce, Pete. But the bottom line is, it's a coach that run. That run is a coach's dream that he did. You know, he had two hands on the football. You were Andy Reid. You know him and fumbles and everything. It was not going to be fumbled. Two hands on the football. Then he got in the clear. Then it was one hands, and then the little slide at the end to stay in bounds. That was a textbook dream for a coach. Clyde's run. Yeah, he's playing loose, and you know, that play ended up having a penalty on it. So I believe the clock stopped, but it would have continued rolling. Yeah. And uh, I just I feel that Clyde has entered a, a, a space mentally, you know, and in talking to him and, and having some interviews with him and stuff like that, where and he just he's just going out there playing and trying to have as much fun with his fellow running backs in that room as possible. And, and you could see there's no press 
Uh, he's playing loose, and I think he's he's just trying to have as much fun as possible and doing his job and and winning is fun. You know, no one really cares how many touches you get or how many yards you get when you're winning football games. And I think it was evidence of that for sure. You're fun, Pete. You're fun. The Louisiana hot sauce was fun tonight. And by the way, Pete, Jalen well, Waddell. That's why they, I know, I know I'm fun. That's why they call me Long Island hot sauce. Long Island. And by the way, Jalen Watson did keep that football. He wasn't going to spike it or put it in the crowd because that, that's a pick. <laughs> like, like Mahomes is top people because he usually chases the football and guys end up throwing it like he did last week. He did. He kept that football, baby. That bad boy's going into case because it was not spiked. It was not moved. That ball stayed in Jalen Watson's hand. That 99-yard pick will be remembered forever for Jalen Watson. Look, when you're, you're, you're a day three pick, when you're a seventh rounder, and you get a start, and you have pick six, game winner at Arrowhead, first night ever in Amazon, Thursday night football, yeah, you better hold on to that ball for dear life and, and give it to the, the trainer that you trust the most. Well, and, uh, yeah, it, I just think such a such a moment for Jalen Watson, and honestly, I, I think the Chiefs fans in attendance will never forget that moment. That place, and I, I just tweeted it out that the noise was just incredible on, on the pick six, and just what a moment for both Watson and, and Kansas City as a whole. Yeah, no question about it. Pete Sweeney, my fa- my second favorite Pete Sweeney. His dad's my favorite. He's number two in the Pete Sweeney Power <laughs> Rankings. Big Pete, but he's also the editor in chief, ArrowheadPride.com, our Chiefs insider right here on 610 Sports Radio. Pete, always good to talk to you, my friend. All right, smile later. Damn it. He did it again. You didn't think he was going to? No, I, I tried to get rid of him before he does it. I like Pete. I like that he does that. But I like he, that he's done it for years. You. He's done it for years. But Pete Sweeney's uh, appearance presented by FanDuel Sportsbooks, the number, America's number one sportsbook in the official sportsbook of 610 Sports Radio. How'd you do a sports book tonight, uh, Jed? I only laid one bet. I bet on the under in tonight's game, and I ended up uh, cashing that check. Look at you, man. You're on a roll, man. I am. Since Kansas legalized gambling, you're just on a, just the, like last week, just a rebound that you had. Oh, yeah. Just a, the incredible rebound. If only one more thing were legalized, then I would be a millionaire. I would never have to come to work. Did you bet on the Royals winning the division? I did not, but I did They win. were eliminated tonight from postseason I attention. was running the Royals game, and uh, our great insider, Josh Vernier, did a great postgame show. Absolutely, but, he uh, always does. I did win a nice bet the other day, uh, double parlay with uh, Brady Singer and the Royals to win by more than two runs. Cash and uh, checks, I'm bank. actually excited about these young guys in the Royals. You and I will talk a lot of Royals on Saturday. We'll be here for the postgame show for the Royals coming up on Saturday. We'll take a timeout. We'll get to your, your phone calls later. We'll get also here from the locker room as well. But I've got to do my favorite segment of the night. When we come back, touchdown Kansas City, the voice of Mitch Holtus when we return. It's time for touchdown Kansas City. Hartman waits for a block, and he gets the 15, 10, explodes, dies. The Jets has landed the plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. That's right, we'll review this game through the uh, voice of Mitch Holtis. Unbelievable calls today, as always. Uh, from the great uh, Mitch Holtis. But touchdown Kansas City with Mitch, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. And by the way, the, these cuts are as well. 610 Sports KC, we always put them out on, on Twitter. And you can hear the calls whenever you want. You can hear them forever, if that's what you would like uh, to hear. 
But the Chargers do get the ball rolling early. Dustin Hopkins, a 31-yard field goal. Uh, the only scoring in the first quarter, 11 plays, 67-yard drive, 441 that culminated in a field goal of 558 mark in the first quarter. Chargers go up 3 to nothing. Then it was the Chargers getting on the board once again. Second down, goal to go at the one-yard line for the Chargers. They already lead 3 to nothing. Tackle over tackle for the white-clad team, the visitors from the West Coast. Eye formation set, McKitty in motion. They play action fake. They throw a pass right side, caught, touchdown. Second straight week, Xander Horvath has got a touchdown on a similar play on goal to go at the one-yard line. Horvath, a seventh-round rookie out of Purdue, and the touchdown for the Chargers gives them a field goal and a touchdown in their first two drives. Horvath played with George Karloftis at Purdue, but, uh, yes, the second straight week of getting a touchdown. At this point, the game was 10 to nothing. Chargers. You say, all right, when the Chiefs going to start waking up, are you panicking? Of course you were. I wasn't. I've seen the Chiefs do this before. Our text line, they were panicking. They're freaking out. Twitter. Yeah, there's probably been nothing deleted faster than tweets tonight in this game. But anyway, that was at the 1457 mark of the second quarter. Then the Chiefs on a seven-play, 75-yard drive got into the end zone to tighten things up. 10-0 Chargers. Chiefs first and goal at the nine. Early in the second quarter, McKinnon still in at running back. Juju Smith-Schuster trots in motion. Mahomes will throw it. Looking left, now spins to his right. He is going to pump fake it, trying to get to the outside. Now fires it, sidearm caught, and into the end zone, McKinnon. Touchdown, Kansas City on a nine-yard touchdown. Improvisation, and the Chiefs are seven of seven in the red zone in 2022. Made the score 10 to 7, 11 38 mark in the second quarter. That would be the halftime score 10 to 7 Chargers over the Kansas City Chiefs. The first score in the third quarter at the 9 52 mark would belong to those Chargers as the Chargers increase their lead. Two wide to the far side of the field. Both tight ends over to the short side, left side for Justin Herbert. Snap at his face mask. Turns right. Fade looking for Williams in the end zone. Trying to make a one-handed grab. He's got it for a touchdown. Burning Legereus Sneed and Mike Williams. The same area of the field where he had a walk-off two-point winner in 2018. Gets a 15-yard touchdown on a fade to the right side of the Charger offense. Mike Williams made some great catches tonight for the Chargers. No question about it. Keenan Allen didn't play in this game. Keenan Allen's always had a good career against the Kansas City Chiefs. Second most yardage ever in his career has been against this Chiefs team but didn't play Mike Williams starring for the Chiefs. This made the score 17-7 at 9.52 mark of the third quarter. And then it was, uh, guess who? Justin Watson came over from the Bucks, stepping in for McCole Hardman. McCole gets banged up for just a second. Justin Watson step in. Bolt 17, Chiefs 7, midway through the third quarter. Snap to the face mask of Mahomes. Furious rush. Mahomes throws it late. He's got Justin Watson. Catch in the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City burning J.C. Jackson. Justin Watson gets free, and Mahomes finds him for a 41-yard touchdown pass. They've got quite a connection, Mahomes and Watson does. Just keep your eye on this guy. But seven plays, 75 yards, 230 off the clock with a touchdown there, making the score 17 to 14. Matt Amendola in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs uh, signed a, a kicker this week to take the place 
of Harrison Butker kicked a 19-yard field goal. That tied the game up at 17-17 in the fourth quarter. Then with 10-29 in the fourth quarter, a man that worked at Wendy's just three years ago. He was at JUCO, then worked at Wendy's, then he went to Washington State. Seventh-round pick, Jalen Watson. Chargers go without a huddle again. Right side, trying to intercept it on the left side. Picked off at the goal line at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Watson. Watson could go all the way. The seventh-round pick, 20, 15, 10, 5. Jalen Watson cooking hamburgers in Augusta, Georgia. Then he went to Wazoo, and now he gets a 100-yard pick six for a touchdown. Kansas City at 10:29 to go in the game. <laughs> I absolutely love that call by Mitch Holtis. That's our uh, totally touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tolamore Dew Irish Whiskey. I like that play so much. I want to hear it again. Chargers go without a huddle again. Right side, try intercepted on the left side. Picked off at the goal line at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Watson. Watson could go all the way. The seventh-round pick, 20, 15, 10, 5. Jalen Watson cooking hamburgers in Augusta, Georgia. Then he went to Wazoo, and now he gets a 100-yard pick six for a touchdown. Kansas City at 10:29 to go in the game. I mean, that day just flipped everything on, on its head in that game. And he keeps the football. You know, that's got to go in a trophy case there for Jalen Watson, who stepped up for the hurt Trent McDuffie. A rookie stepping in for a rookie. seventh-round pick. That's why the whole draft's important. This is seventh round. Actually, two seventh-rounders caught touch. Well, one of them, Horvath, on the uh, Chargers side, seventh-round pick. And then Jalen Watson, seventh-round pick. Again, Beach has just completely nailed this draft. Um, as of late, but that's the totally touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tolomore Dew. It might not be a more important play when you go back at the end of the year and look at what happened uh, in this game by Jalen Watson. That made the score 24-17. to Amendola would get a 31-yard field goal, making the score 27-17. Chargers get a late uh, touchdown uh, pass from Justin Herbert. It was banged up. And on third down, I don't know why he just didn't run for first down, but he threw it kind of away. And then he makes it just a time pass on the next play. And we did see Chase Daniel come in for one play. The Chiefs are roughing him up, man. They were they were completely roughing up Justin Herbert. But anyway, it's touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tolomar Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. But Chase Daniel played one play, Jen, and he handed the ball off. Dan Wetzel on Twitter uh, from Yahoo, put this uh, together here. He's played in the NFL for 13 years. 13 years, our old friend Chase Daniels. 71 games played, five starts, 261 passes attempted, eight touchdowns. Career earnings, $41,828,471 for five starts. I'd take it. And he made a nice handoff tonight. Let and me, he's got a Super Bowl ring from the Saints, backing up Breeze. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, getting back to Mitch's great call. What's your go-to from Wendy's? Baconator. Wow. I mean, they, they, they have the breakfast Baconator, too. Ooh. Wendy's, I think, is – is they got to play this, man. They got to be playing off this Jalen Watson thing. Seriously. Wasn't that high V where Kurt Warner worked? I think somewhere, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an Iowa grocery store chain. It was in Iowa. 
or schnooks or something like that. The, but yeah, uh, might have been Hardy. Stormers. But take advantage of this. If you're Wendy's and they 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 love being funny. I mean, Wendy's is funny. They are. I mean, they're sorry, they're not paying me to do any of this, but they're funny. They're funny on Twitter. I mean, they like to go at you. They like to go at you. If you're not taking advantage of Jalen Watson, who was flipping Wendy's burgers three years ago, and he gets a 99-yard pick on the first Amazon Prime Thursday night game, they're doing stuff wrong. It's, they will do it. They they have to do it. It's too bad he wasn't at Washington State when NIL was in effect because then he definitely would have been cashing those Wendy's oh, checks. Oh, yeah. Wendy's would be writing some checks, wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Three spicy chicken sandwiches for a year. I'd do it for that. Anyway, Perfect. Anyway, so you're, next time you're at Wendy's, just you know, kind of look around and say, mm, get any NFL talent. Yes. <laughs> what, what does that guy look like? <laughs> uh, he looks pretty lean. I, well, maybe we'll let Brett Veach know. I mean, but think about this. Trent McDuffie was the starter. That was the Chiefs' first pick in this draft. Second pick in the first round, George Karloftis, who made an outstanding play near the goal line there, where he stayed home. Justin Herbert was not able to fool him. Like, that play for the Chargers had the work if, if George Karloftis, the rookie, was fooled. That way he could get out of the pocket, maybe run, maybe make a play down the field, but but George wouldn't be fooled. And then you have Sky Moore from this draft. Brian Cook that made a couple untimely penalties there on special teams. Leo Chanel in this draft. Jalen Watson. Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, a seventh rounder. Jalen Watson, a seventh rounder. You, you go to the year before, Nick Bolton. Creed Humphrey, Noah Gray, Trey Smith in that draft. Mm -hmm. If you want to build your football team in modern-day NFL when you have to deal with the salary cap, you have to draft like this. And when you have your— Because eventually you got to pay all these guys, which you'll see these guys a lot of times end up on another team, Jed. But you got to get them on the cheap. And right now the Chiefs have guys contributing on the cheap. Yeah, we spoke Holmes, and he's— taking up X amount of dollars of your salary cap, not, as I mentioned last week when we were talking about him versus Kyler Murray, not an exorbitant amount for the level of play that you get, but when you do have that commitment, you do have to get guys who are extremely productive in later rounds, and Brett Veach has been able to do that in spades. No, he 100% has. 100% has. And uh, shout-out to the caller earlier that was talking about the Chiefs fans in Phoenix. They're everywhere. We heard from great people tonight. I think Emily, Dylan, that were, were texting in, great Chiefs fans at the game, having a great time. Reggie in Anaheim. I mean, these, you know, everybody's having a great time. My mom's sitting there watching the game tonight. She loves the Chiefs. So, I mean, sure, mom had a good I, I doubt mom's listening. I used to say my only person that listens is my mom. But I even don't think she stayed up this late. Well, and to the caller's point earlier, who was talking about his layover in Phoenix and stuff like that, how much – do you think the narrative as being a Chiefs fan, because Jay, you and I are both Kansas City lifelong guys. Yep. If it would have been 2012, or let's go back to better times, the late 90s. Oh, 2012 might have no, been. No, 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 no. You, you get my point. That's why I said let's go we back to the late 90s. We up here because of right, the Right, right. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you go back to the late 90s when the Chiefs were in there prior to this iteration of what the team is, how much Chiefs gear do you think you would have seen in Scottsdale, Phoenix? Uh, none. Exactly. It's, like when I, it's I the Patrick Mahomes effect. I wore my Royals hat in Denver like 10 years ago. Yep. Before they'd won the World Series with the play, and people were like, they would kind of laughed. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> and then, then everybody jumped on. But Chiefs are going to be the team that people jump on. I mean, they're going to be, they're America's team kind of now. I mean, nationally, 
here's the funny thing about it. You know, nationally, they find a way. I was, I was talking to Art Haynes in the pregame show. We were over there. Uh, we were talking college football. But how can you give a team that's great a chip on their shoulder? You do it like this. You, you talk them down. You don't give them the Super Bowl favorites. You talk about the Buffalo Bills, a team the Chiefs have chumped in, in the playoffs the last two years, and you say they're the best team in the AFC. They're the team to beat. That's what you say to piss a team off that's great. Well, and in, in, as we've seen. Rat poison is what Nick Saban calls it. What you were talking about, though, is, is what we've just seen over time is that the new shiny toy gets to be less exciting, so therefore you have to try and build up another one. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, whatever you want to do, all of those things are therefore going to be better than Mahomes. J- uh, Justin Herbert, to a certain extent, is going to be a better quarterback, and they're all going to be better teams than the Chiefs. But again, I always refer back to my old wire reference. If you come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> so more little, man. But it's so true. How many times have we seen teams with an opportunity to beat the Chiefs and they don't? And it's one of those things. It's the reverse of the way the Raiders used to be, Jed. And they're kind of this way. I mean, not, not as much lately as what they used to be. But they used to make that timely mistake, right? The Raiders would always be in that game. Would always be right in it. But then they would make that mistake, that fumble, that pick, penalties. They love making penalties. But you would wait for them to make a mistake. And it seems that's the way the Chiefs are playing. They're, they're keeping it close. And even people screamed about, oh, you should see our text line. You know about the conservative nature of the play calling at different times. Wayne Reed knows his team. He knows he's out there. And, and, and you hear Josh Klingler talk about the way the Chiefs are walking in the locker room. Like, they were down 24 to nothing in, against the Texans the year they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They had a double-digit deficit the whole way through the postseason. But they didn't flinch. Like Marty shot him, don't flinch. You know, they didn't flinch. And it's scary when you're playing a team that's not scared of anything. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if they're not scared of you, you're not going to get in their head. And getting in someone's head is the art of sports. But nobody's getting in their head because they continually come back and do this. And when you have a team that, as you mentioned, is very capable of coming back from large deficits, scoring in almost improbable situations with, what was it, 13 seconds, 11 seconds left against the Bills? I mean, 13 seconds, baby, the Grim Reaper. And they're still talking about it. Exactly. I think that that shows just how dynamic this team is and the the winning mindset we were talking about it last week on the the post game show if they're able to make it to a fifth straight AFC championship game which I wouldn't bet against them right now would you <laughs> no exactly but they, just they, they've got to be Tiger Woods remember his Tiger of the field right <laughs> it's it's the rarefied air though that comes along with all of sport it's not just the NFL because you're seeing just how ridiculously awesome the Chiefs run has been And I do think that there is an element. You were talking about how they become America's team. We were talking about, you know, seeing Chiefs jerseys in Arizona and things like that. Everywhere. But it's just the spoiled nature that's come along with it. And so many people wanting to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, spoken from a true Jayhawk. Oh, absolutely. I hey. It's the way they got. You know me. I'm not a spoiled Jayhawk. You could try it, you could try out the 14 Tiffany Bowls for winning the Big 12, and Jed, they don't care. I did, but not all of us did. You cared about the Tiffany Bulls? It was the most impressive streak in Jed, college basketball. You like championships. And you like climbing street poles. Never And running us. naked through Mass Street. I've never run naked through Mass Street. 
I, I, I'll save that one for off the air. <laughs> in OR, I'll say it because now it's too late and it's one sixteen in the morning. Who's really listening? In 08, I did smoke uh, a joint walking down the street of Mass, and police officers were right there, and they were just like, eh, what are you going to do? Well, when you win, um, good things happen. Andy Reid versus the Raiders, 8-2 and two in his last 10. We're talking about the AFC West here. Again, he's 37-6 and six against the AFC West since 2015. Which is unreal. It, six losses yeah, it's in the, seven years. Yeah, and people are still picking against them to win the division. It's like, well, why? why wouldn't you? The Chargers are right there. They're clearly the team to beat. <laughs> Didn't you see them tonight? Every other head coach in this division has never won a playoff game. And to me, or been to the playoffs in this division. None. Andy Reid with one more win in the postseason. He's tied with Tom Landry. One more win in the postseason, which he's going to get, and we all know it. It'll be him and Belichick is number one and two. Not going to probably catch Belichick, but. It'll be reading Belichick. That's a pretty damn good list. Absolutely. Well, and I, th- I thought it was also interesting in watching the game tonight and just what we were talking about, uh, the different narratives of people wanting to try and knock the Chiefs off their pedestal, which is fine, and I can completely understand that people in the media have different jobs to do. But even tonight, like on the interception that Herbert threw that ended up in the pick six, 99 yards, you don't see Mahomes make that throw. Not that Mahomes is infallible and doesn't make a bad throw every once and again but the whole week listening to different things from different media outlets well justin herbert you see his footwork and everything for a guy that's ever won a playoff game his his i mean listen he's good i can't put him amongst the greats until he starts doing it well, so i'm from the show me state jed well and, and, and we, we say show me well and just my whole thing is that yeah you can talk about how unbelievable Justin Herbert's footwork is and how he delivers a beautiful football in all sorts of different situations when he's able to get a a, you know his feet set what Patrick Mahomes does is plays the game of football and people equate it to playing street ball not being able to you know be mechanically inclined as much as what you would want but Peyton Manning even talked about you. You would know this. Peyton Jake. Manning never threw a perfect ball either. They, no, they weren't but, like tight spirals. They floated, but he got up there. And he also would go out and warm ups and have guys hitting him with brooms and mm-hmm. being off balance because he talked about how thirty percent of the time, maybe if you're lucky in an NFL game, you actually get your feet set and you're able to deliver the ball that you want. So I think that. You can talk all day about Justin Herbert and how he is the prototypical quarterback and how his fundamentals and footwork are perfect, which is great if you're at training camp. When you get into the practicality of a real game, when you have a relentless defense coming after you, it's not going to work that way, and you saw it tonight. It's great on film. It's great on film. But against the AFC West, again, Andy Reid, 8-2 and two in the last 10 against the Raiders, 13-2 and two in the last 15, 15 in the last 18, all right, let's look at the Broncos. 13 in a row against that team, by the way. Peyton Manning's in the Hall of Fame. He's the last quarterback to beat the Chiefs with the Broncos. It's been a minute. It's been since 2015. I was going to say, I think he's been out of the league. The for Royals just weren't even world years. champs at that point, I don't think, in 15. But Peyton Manning, it's been a minute now, but the 13 in a row since that team. But now we see teams drafting and doing things to stop this team. Chargers, perfect example. They're bringing Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. I mean, this team <laughs> tried to build around getting to Mahomes. And that's got to be so frustrating for the Chargers. Just wondering, what in the hell do we have to do to get to this point? Chargers. Chiefs are now 8-2 and two in their last 10 against that team. 
14 and three in the last 17. And keep in mind, one of those games, Jed played the second half. Not really Jed, but the backups played in the game. Mahomes didn't even play in that game against the Chargers, but they get credit for the win. And boy, they'll tell you about it too. They talked about it tonight on the broadcast. Herbert's never lost at Arrowhead. He's 2-0. Well, yes, he played the backups. <laughs> Mention the whole story. I bet you me nuts. Great broadcast crew. Al Michaels, Herbie, I love him. Great stuff. Be fair, though. Be fair. I mean, that's, that's all we asked, Jed. But Andy Reid, fifth all-time in wins, third all-time in postseason wins. Unbelievable record. Andy Reid, 36 or 37-6 against this division since 2015. He keeps doing 18-3 and in September now. I mean, you get off to a good start. It's what you do. It's what he does. Um, it just it, It's fun to watch. Teams take their chances and just don't do it. The, the Chiefs create confusion with teams. They don't know how to beat them. They think they know, but they don't because it's a different-looking Chiefs team. They're going to make adjustments. They're the king of adjustments. Second half was incredible for the Chiefs tonight. But anyway, let's hear from you. 913-586-7610. Same number as the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. We'll hear from you, and we'll go inside that locker room next. Talking cheese till late into the, well, I guess it's early in the morning or late at night, however you want to look at it. I'm going to go glass half full, say early in the morning. Chiefs win the night by three over the Chargers. I'm going go to half. one and oh in the division. I'm going half empty late at night. And you remember I said, you know, who's listening? Because I, I doubt to even my mom's listening and she listens to everything. Um, but from the 816, we get thanks for keeping me company at 1 a.m., fellas. At uh, another one from the 816, 1.16 a.m., I'm listening. First of all, let me thank both of you. I appreciate that. From the 816, keep it going all night, Bink. I don't get off work until 3.48 a.m. at the Kansas City Assembly Plant. I'll listen all night, buddy. Go Chiefs. Mark and KC. What a weird time to get off, Mark. 3.48 a.m. Not 4. 3.48, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting time for Mark to get off. Well, I mean, Fesco and Kling will start at 5.58 tomorrow, uh, guess, and they'll be joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holthus, at 7.30. They'll have me, a very well-rested young man, well-rested. Uh, behind the glass, doing all of the good stuff. Hopefully, Kling plays a lot of the audio, and I don't really have to do stuff. But, uh, yeah, 3.48 uh, is when he gets off. But thanks for listening, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody listening. You know, I, I know a lot of law enforcement around the city. They listen to the cars. Appreciate it. Much oh, I appreciate have, what you guys do. Shouldn't have told that story about smoking weed then. No, you probably shouldn't have, Jen. Eh. Anybody you, who's listened to me on the radio wait ever. It's legalized, you know? Eh, it's medical, legal. I'm yeah, nervous. It's not like you said you did it now. I mean, you did it after championship. And that was, what, 14 years ago? I think statute of limitations has passed. Hey, you're fine, Jen. You're going to be fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to narc on you. Thanks, pal. Don't let the police know that I'll be driving home at 10.05 tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, be nice to them because you got to pass them. In the, the hallways here. Well, do, do like I do. The whole way back, you give shout-outs. Mission, Kansas, Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas, Platte County, KC Mo. What's up, fellas? That's how you do it. You give shout-outs to law enforcement. I think I just have to go through Mission, Roland Park, and then KCK. So all of you fine fellas and females, you're doing a great job. Do not stop the car with the Fish and Grateful Dead sticker. 100%. uh, 913, driving to Nebraska, listening on the Odyssey app. Appreciate that as well. 
appreciate that as well. Did you know, Jay, that you can get the Odyssey app anywhere and you can download it for free? It's available anywhere. You can That's listen right. literally anywhere Take worldwide. Anywhere you want. Anywhere you want. You could be in Australia. Let's say, right, let's say right now you're sitting here going, man, I really have to go take a leak. Just take Jed and I with you. Just bring the phone. We don't care. We don't judge. <laughs> no one's going to know. Just take us with us. You can take us anywhere. Absolutely. Take us to Waffle House. Oh, hit the jukebox with the theme song there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's any Wendy's open right now, but there should be because Jalen Watson needs to be the spokesman for Wendy's. Absolutely. We'll get Jay a Baconator or a breakfast Baconator. We'll get me a spicy chicken sandwich. Be good to go for Fesco in the morning. That is totally a 30 for 30, man. Like, dude was down on his luck. Me and you doing Wendy's orders? Oh, I see. Jalen Watson went to Juco out in California, was transferred to USC, or was going to. But he had to work on his grades and everything. So he went back to Georgia with his mom, worked at Wendy's. Did really well at Washington State. Um, He got an offer to go play out there, so he goes out and plays there. Gets drafted in the seventh round, which is no guarantee. It is no guarantee. And then they get a 99-yard pick. <laughs> and that football wasn't going anywhere, Jed. I mean, that thing was glued to his hand. I mean, he was not throwing that bad boy in the stand. It did look initially like, though, that he was going to toss it. And then he was he thought better. Because oh. you know Mahomes has been known to do that with rookies that do that. Like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Then he goes and gets it. Because no one's going to say to Mahomes. Mahomes just say, hey, you know. Oh, dude, that was awesome. Like Mahomes didn't hold on to it. Like Mahomes didn't have to go chase that ball. Because we all know probably the only human in this city to be able to do something like that is Mahomes. Like I said, we run Texas Tech ads. <laughs> it's because of the Odyssey app, like we were talking about. You can get it down in Lubbock, Texas, so we have a giant fan following down there. Why well, better be love... sponsored by the Baconators? Me, much credit as we've given Wendy's tonight. No kidding. I just want free Wendy's, really. <laughs> you know what's funny about them, speaking of them? I was talking about them one day. And they're based in Columbus, Ohio, I believe. Boo. And so they sent, because uh, we were talking about dipping fries in Frosties. And they sent us some coupons for that, or like some free Frosties or something. They said, uh, go the Ohio State or something like that. So oh, they do have a sense of humor. I would have thrown those coupons away. They do have a sense of humor. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. We're here inside that Kansas City Chiefs locker room as well. Because uh, some interesting things said tonight, but uh, all audio is brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's one Thornhill really quickly after the game talking about Jalen Watson and just kind of how he likes watching him play and what can this do for his career. It definitely took us some time just because of the fact that Spags' defense is really hard to learn. And it's not easy for just somebody to step in there and make plays when you don't really know exactly what to do. You're playing a little slower, but you can start seeing it clicking a little bit more each and every day. And once he got that playbook down, he saw it playing some real cool. And I, I really enjoy watching him <laughs> fun watching him play. Again, you know, he's going to have that chest stuck out of practice a little bit. You know, he stepped in for Trey McDuffie. First round pick. This is seventh rounder. When you're sitting there wondering, are you even going to be drafted? Credit to Dave Merritt. Credit to Steve Spagnola, who's just a, he's a defensive back guy. That's where he cut his teeth in this league. It was unbelievable stuff. Also, there was Justin Watson. Speaking of Watson, on offense, he stepped in for McCole Hardman. for play. Hey, Justin, get out there. Oh, he did. Here's Justin Watson on his touchdown. I mean, so before that touchdown even happens, I got to give a huge shout-out to one of our athletic trainers, Tiffany Morton. You know, there was a 
at one point this week I was questionable and, and she's the one that got me ready to play today, got me comfortable, got me confident. So without her, there is no touchdown, there is no me running that route. So a huge shout out to Tiff. Uh, but man, it was just fun. You know, I, we talked about that route in the receiver room that I, I wanted that route. Um, and just, you know, never want to see one of our receivers go down, but I uh, just want to give them confidence that if they do have to take a playoff field, that I'm going to come in, I'm going to do my job. And so, and there's been a lot, a lot of work from Texas with Pat for the offseason to go in to, to make that catch. And just glad to see all the work show. There's Justin Watson bringing up the uh, Camp Pat. That audio, courtesy of Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. But you heard Justin Watson right there. Speaking of a lot of Watsons here tonight, Jalen and Justin, right? It's the Watson show. Watson's hot tubs. They still have hot tubs. They should be on, you know, they still have them, Jed? I believe it's family leisure now. It used to be Watson's, didn't it? Yep. As you say, this is just another ad screaming to be made. But Justin Watson steps in and does what he does, and he gave a shout-out to the trainer. How awesome is that? Getting me ready to play. Right. Yeah, he played for Tom Brady, you know, down in Tampa. But he just goes in and does his job. And this is a sign of a good team. This is when you start turning that corner, when you can take anybody and they go do their job. Just like Justin Reed kicking the football last week. You know, you step up and you do your job. This is how you become the Patriots. This is how you become the Steelers. It's about culture. It's about chemistry. It's about Camp Pat down in Texas, which that's a 30 for 30 in itself, how he built team chemistry with a bunch of guys he didn't play with because he hung out with them. It's not about what you do on the field sometimes. It's about what you do off the field. And it's about trusting the other. And I also think it's been interesting that what were two of the bigger off-season stories surrounding the Chiefs this year? The Tyron Matthews situation moving off of, uh, off to um, New Orleans and then Tyreek Hill. And without those two guys, granted, it's just two games. But I still think that you're seeing without different guys who may or may not have been bigger headaches in the locker room or you know, may not have been the leaders that they wanted to be. Look at what the team's doing and look at what the younger guys are talking about. They're all talking about buying in to the team culture, building within the the team identity, building with Mahomes, even McCall Hardman, who I know that people have been very critical of for his, at least up to this past offseason, unwillingness to really buy in and go and get on the same page with Mahomes He's even doing that same thing. So I nice think the night. three catches, 49 yards. Very yeah. Good. Again, this is what they're going to do. They're going to spread the ball around. You well, know, Travis Kelsey, 51 yards. Justin Watson, 50. Hardman, 49. Clyde ended up with 44 receiving to go along with the great night running the football. Clyde did a damn good game. For sure. But I just think it speaks to that in spite of the fact that you might be losing more talented players, your team actually can improve be, by becoming more of a collective whole, if that makes sense. No no question about it. No question about it. He's got to buy in. By the way, 417, thank you. Big Cedar Lodge is listening tonight, Jen. Remember, oh. remember David Hasselhoff was big in Germany? Yeah. We're big at Big Cedar. Oh, absolutely. And my man, uh, Mark, down at Mama Locus, down there in Springfield, he runs a uh, restaurant down there, okay. Ashgrove, Missouri. Shout out to him. He's listening tonight. So we did have your mom may not be listening, but we at least know that people are stepping up down it's in cheese philosophy, right? You got to step up, <laughs> right? We, we may not have the, have the best, but we at least have the collective. sum makes us great. Cause if my mom's like, listen, you got to step up. You know, she played the part of Trent McDuffie tonight. You know, so someone's got to step up into that role. Yeah. And my girlfriend's in South Carolina. So she so your can't, girlfriend's not even listening. 
Well, she could be on the Odyssey app in spite of the fact that she told me she definitely was going to bed like two hours ago. <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines. 913-586-7610. If you want to talk Kansas City Chiefs with us, go ahead. Let's go to CJ on the phone. Man, man. What's up? Oh, man, this is CJ. Hey, Binkles, this is the man, voice. Hey, hey, you, hey, Binkles, you know what's dripping Binkles. tonight, baby. Yeah, this is the guy. Hey, this is the famous the guy, Jeff, for honey love. He says honey love. What's up, well, CJ? the honey love is dripping. <laughs> you can't forget the dripping, okay? I've been uh, quoted for saying some crazy things sometime on your radio shows. I'm almost interrupting your great shows with my rhetoric. One of them is the dripping. Can't forget the dripping. The honey love is dripping like 95. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep from uh, pulling tears and going really berserk because I like to have my stuff written down and thought out when I interrupt your show. Jay Beagles. You never but man, do, I don't have everything. I don't have it all organized today, man. I thought I had a thought, what I wanted to say, but y'all got to talk about food, the Carolinas, great food out there on the East Coast, in the uh, south side of the East Coast, man. North Carolina, South Carolina, shout out to y'all barbecue. No, no, no. We don't do that here, CJ. You're, you're, you're know, in Kansas City. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, no, it's Kansas City barbecue. We're, come on, we're, CJ, we're man. Big brother. Come we're, on, we're, CJ. We're big brother all right. In right. Kansas City barbecue. All right. All right. You know, we're big right. brother. We don't have the, the uh, inferiority. You know, we, we, we can uh, let everybody else well, know. Well, the Chiefs are the big okay. brother, CJ, and everybody in this division. And, CJ, let me ask you a question. Why can't you guys just be proud of like shrimp and grits and stuff like that? Why do you have to hone in on barbecue? Because we, I don't eat shrimp and grits, my man. Oh, you have a great producer tonight. I don't eat shrimp and grits. Uh, this voice is CJ, man. This voice, I'm telling you, man. This voice of CJ is the best, man. That's when I'm getting really serious. Uh, I was having fun with Jay Binkles a minute ago, but my man asked me about shrimp and grits. We don't. I, I, that's why I, I don't do shrimp and grits. Give me a brisket sandwich from my leftover gates from watching football on Thursday night. Well, this hey, is the I, time to do I, it, I man. To people today. got together and they had parties tonight. CJ, they, people were partying around Kansas City. They were getting together, family, friends, whatever. A lot of people at the game, of course, but a lot of people just getting together and watching the Chiefs was what people do. It's become a culture now. Jay Binkles, I have no business being up this late. I had hair when I first started listening to you. I didn't even like you when I first started listening to you. Now you are a staple in my life. Now, and I'm bald-headed. And I'm bald-headed now. That was a long time ago, right? Well, I'm glad you like me now. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? And I like the Chiefs now. I mean, after everything that we've gone through over these last four years is hosting, 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 hosting. You know, uh, hey, I hope Hubert's okay. I hope 10 is okay. Yeah. He, took a big, he, he, he had a real fourth quarter. No. But, hey, man, can, can we just say, hey, man, can, can we stop with the uh, overhypeness of the 10, man? Overhyping uh, over uh, Herbert? Yeah, man. This yeah. Is I agree with man. you, man. I, mean, I agree with you, man. He's a great quarterback, but you got to win the postseason, man. You got to start winning, you know. Yeah. But again, I yeah. don't think a lot of it's his fault. His coach was an idiot, Brandon Staley. That's the reason they weren't in the postseason. And they blew it today. <laughs> and they got beat today. Again. And, and, but, but you know what, though? But, but I won't give him too much credit. I'm going to give our team a lot of credit for being 2-0. and there's going to be a lot of those guys. And Binkley, I've been thinking about you, man. I want to know, like, what you think about the mathematics that happens with this extra game, 17 games. What does 0-2 really do to you? Because some of these teams are 0-2. I mean, yeah, it, or not. Yeah, just, you know, just, obviously teams do make the postseason at 0-2. It's not great. But things are changing a little bit, CJ, because, you know, the math is changing. 
And as far as, you know, that being the number one seed, because top two seeds used to get the bye week to start the postseason. So we're starting to, I don't know, you can't really get a trend until about a decade, man. You get 10 years, you get a trend. But Andy Reid averages 11.9 wins a year with the Chiefs. And that's before you add the extra game. That's the whole thing that cracks me up. His worst record with the Chiefs is 9-7. and seven. That's it. And as far as Mahomes, you know, he's been to the AFC title game every year he's been a starter. That is unbelievable. No other quarterback can say that. None. And he's been to the Super Bowl twice in those four years. 50% of the time he's been to the Super Bowl, which is insane. And the other two times he lost in overtime in the AFC title game. Can't get any better than that. Can't get any better than that whatsoever. I mean, what he is doing is incredible right in front of your eyes. You see what he does. His team believes in it. And in the whole camp path thing, we joke about that. But, you know, Herbie was mentioned it tonight. We've mentioned it a lot here. Uh, Justin Watson admitted it, you know, talked about it because all the receivers were down there in Texas, Juju and MVS and Justin Watson, whole host of players down there to get used to the quarterback. And even the Chiefs, they let them do OTAs down there. Like, instead of having to come back here, they trust them to do Zoom or whatever with the coaches because they were at Camp Pat. It's leadership. It's leadership defined. He didn't turn 27 until about, what, like two days, Jen? What is today? The 15th? Today is the 15th. No, actually, it's not. It's the 16th now. Well. We did, We just flipped days. His birthday is tomorrow. 17th? Patrick Mahomes' birthday is the 17th. What'd you get him? Appreciation. I got him a day off on Sunday. He was born September 17th, 1995, which is embarrassing because I graduated college in 95. That makes me feel old because <laughs> I was 12 in 1995. Yeah, so his birthday is tomorrow. Not tomorrow was in on Friday. Like, it's weird because it's actually Friday, but it's Saturday is Patrick's birthday. Did you guys, you, guys, you want to call in and sing to Patrick? You can. You say happy birthday to him. We'll say happy birthday to him because we won't be. Actually, we'll be on on his birthday. We will doing some the Royals, Royals post game, and we can remind me of Patrick's birthday. I'm not going to, but you remind me. I think the Chiefs will probably tweet it out. Happy birthday, Patrick! Because they everybody's birthday on there. I'm quite certain that there will be many Twitter notifications saying happy birthday to Patrick Mahomes. He just keeps dominating this division, twenty two and three now against AFC West. But more impressively, he's 13-0 on the road against this division. And thinking about the quarterbacks that have been brought in and what how difficult the AFC West was going to be. And I still think it's going to be a difficult division. You saw tonight it wasn't a walkover game for the Chiefs by any means. But I do think that still, until someone's able to dethrone the Chiefs, it's I don't know why anyone would pick against them. And I get the fact that you may want to look at the Broncos. If you do, it's a hot take. It just is, Jed. Right. I mean, it, it totally is. And you can look at different rosters and say that they might be better 52, you know, or two through 53. But the one position that's the most important in all of sports, nobody has that number one except for the Chiefs. It's the constant thinking, believing that you're still in the game. As long as 15's there, you think you're you have a shot. Because Last year, he did get beat by double digits, but before that, like two games. Before that, he never did. Maybe seven points or eight points, so he was still within a score. 
Like that, he was going to be in the game. And the belief that he had when they had that 24 nothing deficit against the Texans, and it comes back. And he does it again the following week. Then he does it again down double digits in the Super Bowl. But not only turn games around, but spank the other team. Right. He wins by 20 over the Texans. And I know that we're obviously praising Patrick Mahomes pretty hard, but I think it's very well warranted. I mean, it's not that the man is infallible and without any flaws in his game, but I do think that throughout his career, you have actually seen just how unbelievable he is. When you run down the stats and things of that nature, he's, in my mind, the best quarterback in the game, and it's not close. And when do guys get good? Like like Steve Young, he didn't really, he's in the Hall of Fame, but he really didn't start doing anything until his 30s. Yeah, he was kind of blocked by another pretty good quarterback in front of him. Yeah, but he's still a Hall of Famer. But guys get better when they get when they age in the NFL, especially quarterbacks. Because you process things. You've seen everything. And he's seen everything because everybody has done things different defensively to him. And again, tonight was a different game for both teams, Chargers and the Chiefs. They, they both played it to be different. And did you, I'm sure you heard the Sean Payton clip from when he was on, I believe, with Colin Cowherd, which is what I was referencing earlier. Oh, by the way, when... Steve Young did not start 16 games until he was 31 years old. Think of that. Think of that, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Go ahead. He also was in the USFL for a while. But... No, but he didn't start 16 games in the NFL until he's 31. Right, but to your point, though, when we were talking about Mahomes, did you hear what Sean Payton was saying when he was on with Colin Coward describing oh, Mahomes the yeah. other day? He Going he's on the best. For four minutes about, yeah, how great he was, and he wasn't even talking really about his play on the field. He was talking about his levels of understanding of defenses, being able to diagnose things, being able to tell people which positions they need to be in, being on the same level with his receiving core, things of that nature. And when you have a guy who's won a Super Bowl and took Drew Brees, a great quarterback who won a Super Bowl as well, and the fact that he was just pining and drooling over how much he wanted Patrick Mahomes, I think that shows, especially for an unbiased person, to sit there and say things like that, I think that shows how great Mahomes is. And if you, to your point, Jay, if he's going to get better as he ages, wow, scary. Like a fine one. Yeah, just imagine. Like he's 26, turns 27, as we mentioned. What, what concepts but, is he not going to understand at that point? Steve Young's a Hall of Famer. He didn't start 16 games until he's 31. And then look at him. Like, well, what's the 30s going to bring? Like, you can't even outsmart him now because he's going to make adjustments to come back. He's got many photographic memories. Think about this, too. We brought it up last week when he threw five touchdown passes a week ago. Sixth career game with at least five touchdowns was last week. Tied with Dan Marino already. <laughs> he's 26. Tied with Dan Marino and Big Ben with six games of five touchdowns. Drew Brees has 11. Brady's got nine. Manning has nine. You don't think Mahomes is going to get there with five touchdowns? He's going to he's gonna own all the records. He is. And you know what? He's going to have games. Even even him tonight said, well, pro football focus may give me a bad grade for this one. Paraphrasing it here. But, you know, because they will. But you know what the name of the game is? You got to win. You win games. The only way he should be judged is W's. And that's all he does. Having friends who work over at pro football focus, I will say that their quarterback grading is a little bit suspect. I really appreciate what those guys do. And they do a bunch of great work. But whenever I look at the quarterback rankings and the way that they grade out, even I'm like, really? Don't you guys know football? A lot Aren't of things. Don't, a lot of things. Nerds. I mean, I understand. I, listen, I'm an analytics guy. I'm a stats guy. I love throwing them out there. I love stats. But the eye test 
You can't beat that. Like, you cannot beat the eye test yet. You can try, but you can't beat the eye test. Regardless, what a win for the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. And the fun thing about it is just the culture that gets built around. You know, like the Steelers have always had. The Chiefs always admired the Steelers. And they talked about it because they're good every year. And, and it's continuity. They, you know, they don't go through head coaches. They keep the same guy. And they just win. And whoever gets drafted there has the expectations as you get drafted. And you got to be good. You got to fit in. It's like, the, it's like the Royals got to in 2014 and 15. You know, guys like Brett Eibner called up here. You know, the expectation is, all right, you get called up, you got to go perform. It's not training wheels anymore. You go and perform. And you're seeing that tonight with Justin Watson stepping in for McCole Hardman on play and getting a 41-yard touchdown. You're seeing Jalen Watson, the seventh-round pick, who was flipping burgers at Wendy's three years ago, make a 99-yard interception. That's buying into the culture and what you're trying to do and having success with it. And that's the mark of a good team. Knowing each and every week to beat the Chiefs is something. It makes teams. Look at the Ravens. They were about to throw a parade last year when they beat the Chiefs finally. I mean, it's a big thing. It's like in college football if you beat Alabama. Whoa, we beat Alabama. (laughs) It's like you beat the Chiefs. All of a sudden, yeah, we feel pretty good about ourselves because we beat the Chiefs. Some teams do laps around the stadium. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, the Chiefs, the team, the Chiefs are eight and two in their last ten. The old lap around the stadium. Which, by the way, I did make a bet with the Vegas uh, sports radio guy that he was supposed to do a lap in a Chiefs jersey around Allegiant Stadium if the Chiefs won out there last year, and he hasn't done it yet. We'll talk about who it was off the air. Yeah. Good dude. Good dude, and don't have anything bad to say about that. Um, after the game, though, one of the, one of the highlights I think is Dan Israel uh, when he's on in the post game, and he gets to interview Andy Reid each and every week. This brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's when uh, Dan caught up with uh, Andy Reid. Coach, congratulations! What a comeback! I'm resilience. Uh... First half you trail, but somehow you guys just had this fortitude to keep it close. And talk about your ability to just be patient with that. Yeah, Dan, I mean, I told the team that afterwards. I just go, the the fact that you guys, the thing I'm most proud of is the fact that they just stuck together. And offense was supporting defense, defense was supporting. And then they came back and made big plays. You know, they uh, as a result, nobody hung their head. And uh, we've got a lot of new faces, young guys. And. Everybody kept battling. Um, you know, both Watsons are new here, and both of them had big plays. So, what, Were you surprised at all? I was surprised that this wasn't an offensive game. I, I mean, it really seemed like it was almost a demonstration in defense tonight. Well, I, I thought both defenses played well. Um, you know, so I, I was proud of our guys, obviously, for the job they did. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback's going to be sore. He got hit a few times, and. Uh, but they're a good football team, and it just uh, however it works, it always seems to be close with these guys. So, yeah, the the talent out there tonight on both sides of the ball was amazing. Seemed like you battled uh, LA's third and two all night long, but you made some second half adjustments, didn't you? We did. Um, I, defensively, we had those stops, and that was great. Um, third down stops, and then offensively, we had a couple of hiccups in there. We on, on third down that we we need to take care of. We'll fix those. Up. 
I, I, I want to credit Herbert for being tough tonight because he kept it close at the end. But the two guys I, I want you to comment on. First, Jalen Watson. This is a seventh-round rookie who gets a pick six in a big play at a crucial time. Yeah, and, you know, when you look back on it, and they were, they were kind of picking on him early. Yeah. And so he hung in there and hung in there and then makes a big play. And that's the things, the, those things go a long way. And his teammates were so happy for him just now, they jumped all over him <laughs> in the locker room. So, uh, you know, that, but for a young guy, he can he can put that one in his, in his pocket. I thought I was going to have to come get oxygen after that one. Matt Amadoli, you bring him in. And look, he, he wasn't a game-winning kick, but you needed to be two scores there at the end. Clutch kick, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. No, and his kickoffs were good. The last one, he... He kind of had a hiccup on that one, too. But um, but the, the kicks, the field goal, you know, that, that field goal at the end was big, obviously. There you go. There's Dan Israel with um, Andy Reid after the game, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Got to give a shout-out to the 620. This is Bank driving to Pittsburgh, Kansas right now from the game. Going to listen to us. I'm a gorilla, so shout-out to Pittsburgh uh, Great Pittsburgh fans that uh, come up here. Great stuff. Always give them shout-outs. I love it. People drive from everywhere, man. Arrowhead's full of people from all parts of the state. Stuh. State's uh. Kansas or Missouri. And go to the game. It's become a lifestyle. It's become a thing that people do. Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma. I probably. People drive from all over. Absolutely. That's why Mitch always talks about how it's the Chiefs kingdom, the Chiefs yep. nation. Thanks, so. Well, the old logo used to have the states. Remember, that? it was like Oklahoma and Kansas, Missouri. And... What'd you think of that on the 50-yard line, that old school arrowhead emblem? And then the red end zones with the... I thought it was cool. I thought it was what a great throwback. Yeah, I liked it a lot. The 50th year anniversary. I thought yeah. that was really neat. Obviously, God bless uh, Len Dawson. Whose funeral's tomorrow. Right. So I thought that was neat and a very cool thing that the Chiefs did. Uh, they're a first-class organization. I think that they've shown that for years and years. But, yeah, I thought it was it was really neat. The only thing that I really wanted was red on red. <laughs> well, they didn't have the richest man in the world. There didn't Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, since it was Amazon Prime, waiting at the game because he was like signing autographs and stuff. Yeah, he's actually gonna come by and drop us off some Wendy's hamburgers and hopefully money as well. <laughs> yeah, after the game, he bought the Chiefs. <laughs> he, <was> like, <laughs> he bought all of the Wendy's and the Chiefs and the Chargers. And the, <laughs> he just bought the NFL. <laughs> by the way, according to Pete Sweeney here from NFL Research, Jalen Watson's ninety-nine yard pick six, the longest go-ahead fourth-quarter touchdown. Scored by a rookie in NFL history. Another reason why you put that ball in the case. You might have to safety deposit box this thing now at this point. I'm serious. If you're Jalen Watson, this is. You think he's going to sleep tonight? Oh. After, after making that play as the seventh rounder. After flipping burgers three years ago. Like this, this is this is the I American mean, he, this is the American dream. He did play an NFL game, I, so I think that he's probably going to be pretty tired. But how cool is it that the Chiefs do have what would that be two ninety nine yard touchdowns in their history? Obviously, with Mark Bo Richter way back in the day, and uh, now tonight, I, it's so cool that that those have happened from unheralded guys who were actually able to make such big plays and big moments. I've got a story about that ninety nine yarder, and it was against the Chargers. Well, then with Mark, when he scored the 99-yard touchdown, I think it was the Chargers. I don't remember. I just remember that he was, was running a seam route. And it was uh, December twenty second, 2002. Oh, wow. 
and no, I don't remember every Chiefs game in the date. That just it does sound like it here because, but I know the date. It's uh, my daughter Spike's birthday. She was. Uh-huh. I was at the Chiefs game. It was, it was back. Well, being a good father. It was back before I did this stuff and everything, and I had season tickets, and I was at the game, and I get a text. And we keep in mind, everything was scheduled for the following week. So don't think I'm like a bad husband for going to a Chiefs game with my wife about the burst. Um, ex-wife. But I went anyway. And I feel like playing Frogger on the way out, like you're trying to leave Arrowhead or everybody's coming in. But she was having a baby, my daughter Spike. And I got to the hospital, passed out, went into the weigh room where they weigh the baby. And there on the TV was the 99-yard touchdown. Like, I'll never forget that because that's the date Spike was born. Why did you pass out? I'm surprised you didn't ask me why I named my daughter Spike. Oh, no, that I've I've heard why, but I, I'm a little bit concerned about why you passed out. Because I, when I see things. Yeah, we like don't need I, to. Let's just I have a weak shut stomach. it down there. I, I, we'll just shut it down. I mean, it is almost two. Child, I don't listen. I, Childbirth, listen, for, for, for ladies, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not even saying that, but we're done. Watching it is not fun. No. I get real weak, Jen. We're just, we're, we're going to move forward. I know, I'm just saying, man. You, you, you I shouldn't things. have asked. That was my well, own well, you fault. You haven't gone there yet. I mean, you, you'll, I'm sure there'll nope. be little Jeds running around no. at some point. No, there will not. You'll see what I mean. No. We're never having little Jeds. That's probably a good idea, actually. No kidding, you think? <laughs> probably a great idea. To With my called. genetics? No way. They wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We always remember the 99-yard touchdown zone. I mean, that crowd, the, the electricity in Arrowhead when that play was made, and then, like, it was a no-doubter, man. You knew he was going to the house. I just can't imagine what was going through his mind. With, I mean, it's a long way from Washington State at that game. We put it that way. They didn't get crowds out in Wazoo, but not like that. But the insanity of that fan base, the importance of that play. And again, a quarterback has not made that throw in 100 years, a pick six within the five-yard line. I mean, it was the improbable, completely improbable. With the Chiefs next game, they'll be off this weekend. You can chill. You can watch Red Zone. You can do whatever you want. Um, Chiefs next game against the Indianapolis Colts, who tied in week one against the Houston Texans. So you get to see Matt Ryan and the Colts in a couple of weeks. I'm interested to see which Chiefs teams, because, again, I think they played this game a little bit different because you, you played to who you're playing against. And the Chiefs, about quick hitters and pressure, can they keep the pressure up? And what do you think they're going to do against uh, Jonathan Thomas from the Colts, you know, one of the best running backs in the NFL? Taylor. Excuse me, Jonathan Taylor. It's, you just disrespected the man. It's Two in the morning, man. He just disrespected Jonathan Taylor. I have to be back at work in three and a half hours. So do I, Jed. So do I. Not here, though. <laughs> You're not sleeping at the station. You know what? So. Let's wrap this thing up. This has been a ton of fun. The Chiefs fans, you guys have been great tonight. Great win by the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a lot of fun. A lot of primetime games this year, so a lot of late nights for us. But who can sleep anyway? Who the hell can sleep after that game? Everyone. We'll be talking about all day tomorrow work. And by the way. Happy birthday, Patrick, whose birthday is the 17th, which today is the 16th already. So we can have him on Saturday for Royals pre and we will, post. We will make the whole post game about Patrick Mahomes. And well, they, <laughs> his dad was a pro baseball player, right? We've heard that a thousand times. So. We might get a few more callers talking about the Chiefs. He wants to do a, a no hitter in baseball in high school against Michael Kopech, actually. Ah.
Mahomes threw a no-hitter. Anyway, good night, everybody. Chiefs win by three. Fesco in the morning, 558. Good night.